So, anyway, 
it's going to be a, a time to kick off our, our summer series. Uh, so then uh, they take all the school starts next Sunday and go through Wednesday. So be, a, be aware of that. Uh, it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. We've got a lot of stuff planned for summer. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Kids going to go to camp right after that. So next week they're going to camp. So I don't know. We've got seven or eight kids going to camp now. So, so, so yeah, pretty good. Next year we'll have a bus <laughs> We have a whole bunch of kids going next year. But anyway, it's good to have all of you here. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 20. Uh, we're going to turn over there. And, uh, we're going to pray and we'll get started. Okay? We did go, we did go see uh, uh, Daniel this week. He's doing much better. He's in rehab. He's doing a lot better. And we went to see Jessica Vasquez, and she is home. They've got her home now. So, uh, But she's doing better as well. She was sick here Sunday. Didn't know she was sick until she got home, and then uh, then it, uh, it, it hit. She had to have emergency surgery Sunday, right? Monday, she had emergency surgery on Monday. So, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, just continue to pray. She wanted a couple days. She just couldn't be here. She, she uh, still has some medical things going on, but she is home. So anyway, good day. That's uh, that's uh, Jeanette's daughter. So there you go. She was here a couple weeks ago. So anyway, all right. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. Father, we're here to learn about your son and learn about you. We know, Father, that uh, that together with him, uh, we can we can better face the challenges of living in this world today. There's a lot going on in this world, and, uh, and we need the strength that we can get from him and from you. Father, we're thankful, Father, for him, for his willingness to be, uh, uh, to be here for us, to be our Messiah. We pray, Father, your blessings upon us as we study. Uh, we want to learn. We want to grow. We want to. We want to have the courage to apply these things to our lives, Father, so we can be the very best we can be. Father, we uh, we uh, are thankful for this family here that meets here. We're thankful, Father, that this is a family of believers. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would help guide each one of us as we as we strive to navigate a very sinful, a very cruel world, very difficult at times. And then things happen in our in our lives and around us and. And it makes us just understand how much, how much, how difficult it really is. Father, we pray for those folks in the valley. We pray for those families this morning who are, who are agonizing and grieving over the loss that they feel in their life. And we pray, Father, your blessings upon them. If there is anything that we can do, if there is anything that we need to do, Father, please make us aware of whatever it is that we can do. And then give us the strength and the courage to carry it out the way you would want us to. Thank you for the opportunities, Father, that have come our way. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for the opportunity we have to study and worship together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we are we are looking at the uh, at the last last time, last moments, the last days of Jesus being on earth. Okay, he is alive. They thought he was dead, and he is alive. And I asked, told you last week. We, we, we saw him come out of the tomb. We saw him interact with Mary Magdalene. Uh, we saw him interact with Peter and John. And we're going to carry that on. I want you to try to put yourself in these people's place, okay? I want you to try to think like them. What would it must have been like for them? You know, the very first text we're going to look at is in, is in uh, John chapter 20 and verse starts at verse 18. And remember, Jesus tells Mary, says, don't hold on to me. I'm still going to ascend into, to my father and your father, to my God and your God. I'm still going to ascend to him. And go tell my brothers that. Go tell them. 
then I'm okay. I'm alive. And, I'll, and, and, he, and so she goes, says in verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that, that, that he had said these things to her. I want to ask you something. What do you think that conversation was like? <laughs> you know, she comes running up, all out of breath, and she comes storming up, and, and we're going to see in a minute, they're, they're basically hiding, okay? Because they're afraid. And so she storms up, knocks on the door, they let her in, and she said, man, I've seen the Lord. What do you think that conversation was like? She had to answer, answer questions for at least a month. You think? <laughs> She'd have to answer some questions for me for sure. Because remember, just two days ago, this is the third day, two days ago, he's dead. I know he's dead. I saw him dead. Okay? And now you're telling me I saw him? And he's alive? Wait a minute. Hold up. How, how did that happen? Because remember when John when John walks in and he sees it, then he believes. Remember? He saw the clothes. He saw the body no longer in the script, no longer in the great clothes. He saw the, the thing that covered his face off to the side and this and this body shape with these strips of linen sitting there. Okay? That's what he sees. And he said, then he believed. Right? So these guys here didn't see that. The, the rest of the disciples. We know Thomas is not there. We're going to see, see about him in just a minute. Thomas wasn't there. All right? So we know they don't believe. They don't believe at that moment. And then all of a sudden, she comes storming in. And Mary Magdalene says, I saw him. And, and she said, I have seen the Lord. Oh, yeah, we saw him too a couple of days ago. That's what you were going over there for. You were going over there to prepare the body. No, I saw him. You don't think she's there asking her, what do you mean? What's going on? Tell me. You know, the conversations they had. With, that she had with him. What do you? What would it have been like for you if you'd have been there? Would you have been mad? Not possible. Would you? Would you have thought that? So, would somebody in that group said that's not possible? We already know one of them would have because he does that after the fact. Thomas says that. Okay. Don't you think there was a, a great deal of turmoil in that room at that moment, trying to wrap your mind around? And that, there, there's a point to all this. Okay, get to it. I'll get to it at the end of this. Okay, there, to wrap your mind around the fact that he is alive, and what's that going to mean now? What does it mean now? Now, let's look at the next text. Okay, on the evening of that first day. Okay, evening of that first day. This is the third day. This is Sunday. He dies on Friday. The third day is Sunday, first day of the week. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the, when the doors when the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood, and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Right? All right? Now, what's going on with the disciples now? Now you know Mary Magdalene came to where they were. She knocked on the door. They let her in because the door is locked. She can't walk through the door like he does. She, he can't, she can't just appear in a room. So they have, she have to, they have to let her in. And so she said, I've seen him. He's alive. I've, I've talked to him. And now, later on that evening, a couple hours, two hours, three hours later, he all of a sudden, they're sitting around the room, and they're, they're discussing. You don't think they're discussing? There's some serious discussion going on in this room? Yeah. And all of a sudden, Jesus, and he's there. Like a ghost. He's there. Stands there. And they all look at him. And, and you think their eyes are about big as saucers? Remember, these guys saw him dead. They believe he's dead. 
They don't believe that he's going to, they didn't understand and they don't believe that he's going to resurrect. They don't, that's not part of their makeup at this point. It will quickly get there. And then look what he says. After he said this, he, and he said, he stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. How much joy do you think? What do you think that was like? It's a man that you've been with for three years. Okay? He has taken you where you were, loved you in spite of who you are, taken you no matter what kind of garbage you've done in your life, and said, I'm going to love you in spite of it. And, and, and took on Judas, who is ultimately going to betray him, stab him in the back, and love him anyway. And this guy just showed back up. And you thought he was gone. You thought he had left and he had abandoned you. He was no longer there. And he told you this three chapters of, of uh, text about, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be the, going to be a guide for you. And all those things. That, and you're going, what was all that? Joke? Because he's dead. Because that's what you've been until this moment. Now all of a sudden, you got to change everything you think. And you got to turn it upside down. It turns it upside down. And, and then he listened to what he said. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. What did the Father send him to do? Right? What did the Father send? What was his mission? What was his mission? To die. To die. Okay? Before the death, what was his mission? Because the, the death and the resurrection are part of the mission. What was the mission? Glorify the Father. Glorify the Father. the kingdom. What else? Huh? Salvation for men. He said, I have come to seek and do what? And save the lost. What he said. He said, he had to fulfill. Okay? So he has a mission. Okay? His mission is all about one thing. It's about sin. That's what it's about. The whole thing is about sin. It always has been. It was there from the beginning. In, in Genesis chapter 3, when 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 God's talking to the woman and the man and the snake, he said, he said, one of these days, one of these days, the seed of woman is going to crush your head. And it was all about sin. That's what it was always about. Okay? And about removal of sin from people's lives and making that possible in their lives. That's what his mission was. He said, he said, I've come to seek and save the lost. What he said in Luke chapter 19. That's what Luke tells us. In, in 1 Timothy, he said he came to save sinners, to save his people. Save them from what? You know, when you when you look at Matthew chapter one, his his name, his name is Emmanuel. All right, what the angel said. Remember that? That called Emmanuel because he will save his people from their sin, to save the world from their sin. And then look at what he tells him. He said, "As I was sent, now I am sending you. I have completed my part of the mission. Now it's your turn. I'm going to send you out and fulfill my mission. I can't do it anymore. I'm finished. My job is done. Now it's your turn." Now, look at what he tells them. He said, and with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What did he just tell them? I'm going to give you some help. The help is going to come in a powerful way in just 40 days. But I'm going to give you this for, for right now. I'm going to give you this in blood. I'm going to give you this spirit coming upon you. And, I'm, and you're going to go and you're going to do what? Fulfill my mission. Okay? Now, let me ask you. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to look at Thomas. I got some questions I'll answer. All right? Before we move on. Anybody got a question about any of that so far? Remember, 
He's alive. Got a mission that he sent him on. Okay? This doesn't, this does not, this is not uh, negate your responsibility in all of this as well. Yours and mine. Look at what he's going to tell us. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other side was told him, We have seen the Lord. We've seen him. But he said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand to his side, I will not believe. I will not. How convinced is he that this guy's dead? <coughs> Convinces you? Convinces some people you know? Convinces some people in the world? Yep. He's dead. I'm not serving a dead guy. Now, a week later, all right, this is a week later. His disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. So the doors were locked. Why the doors locked? Because the Jewish leaders, what is it? It says they were praying. The, because they were they were fearing the Jewish leaders, what it says in, in verse 19. They were afraid. Because the Jewish leaders hung their, their, their leader on the cross. What do you think they might do to them? Do you think that was going on in their head? And uh-oh. You know, this may happen to us as well, so we're going we're to hide. So they've been in hiding for a, a, over a week now. A week and a half they've been in hiding. And he said, and he said Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hand? Reach out your hand and put it to my side. Stop doubting. <coughs> How did Jesus know what Thomas said? Thomas, Jesus wasn't with him. No? He was. He did. They, you know, see, that's the whole point here, guys. Jesus already told us, where two or more gathered in my name, there I will be one. He is here, guys. You understand? He's here this morning. If we're gathered here in his name, he's with us. What he promised us. He said, Thomas said to him, my Lord, and my God. Then they say he put his hand, fingers in his in the nail hole, put his hand inside and say that? Or does he say, uh uh, man, I don't need to do any of that because I see. And he said, he, now listen to what Thomas, now this is where this becomes personal. Okay? Thomas said, My Lord and my God, then Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me yet. Who's he talking about? Me. You. Blessed are those who have not seen me believe. I want to ask you, i got a couple of questions here before we move on. Why do you think it's, uh, it's so hard? Well, let me ask you a different question first. Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that? Why? Why do you believe that? What made you believe that Jesus was alive? Because he said, look, you see me and you believe Blessed are those who have not seen him believe. Okay, you've not seen him. What made you believe? Tell me what it was that made you believe. If you say you believe in him, and I'm not talking about, oh yeah, I think he's, I think he's real. I'm talking about a belief that causes you to act upon that belief. A belief that is so strong that it, that it makes you it makes you renounce everything else and follow him. That kind of belief. What made, what what brought that on in your life? What was it that made that happen? Well, then just have it. Huh? See, it says it starts with the book. What'd you say, Jim? Things happen. Things happen. 
Anybody else? Where did you come from? The testimony of those men. You don't know those men. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? What do you see here? I got a couple of things that I wrote down. For me, it, it's why I believe. And first of it is what Sid said. Because it's true. Because my intent was to prove that it wasn't true or prove that I, what I'd been taught was true. That was my intent early on. That's what I needed to do. And then I found scriptures that, that I couldn't explain away. I couldn't I couldn't explain them. And I, and, and one of them is in, in the, was the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. It says all scripture is, is is inspired or God breathed. Well, I had to find out what does that mean? What does it mean that scripture is God breathed? What does that mean? It means that that God actually wrote it. God spoke it into existence. Okay, well now I have to try, now I have to do okay, now I've got two things I gotta to try to believe in. I gotta believe in a sick beggar that's supposed to be dead, and I gotta believe in a book that a bunch of guys wrote. And how how do I do that? What do I do with this? What do I do with this book? What is and, and my question is why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe that Jesus is alive? It said, but it said it starts with this book. Well, that's where it was for me, too. It started with this book. How do I believe that? There was things that I could not explain that, it, that was written there. Okay? I couldn't explain Isaiah chapter 40, for example. I, Isaiah, I came to Isaiah 40, and I'm going, how does this guy, because I want to know, okay, who wrote it? When did he write it? And I found out that Isaiah wrote it. And he wrote it about seven or eight hundred years before Jesus came on the scene. Okay, something around there. So, so I'm looking at going, okay, you know what that, what that scripture says? Do you have any idea what it says? What got my attention? And he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. That's all it says. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 7. That's all it says. And he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And I'm going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was only 29, 30 years old. I said, I school that long. I knew that I'd been taught that we that America was discovered in 1492 by Columbus. You know, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if I got to debate geography and history with you. But I know what why they didn't want him to go, because they thought he was going to fall off the face of the earth, right? That's what they thought. That he was going to, pretty soon, just over the side, he's going to go. That's what they thought. How did this guy, how did this guy, 2700, I mean, you know, 2100 years earlier than that, you know, the earth was round. I didn't know that. It may not mean anything to you, but it meant a great deal to me. Because I'm looking at this, wait a minute. Whoa, hold up. How is this possible? That can't be possible. This guy couldn't know that. Those are just things that I, that I read. You know, when, when David writes about the pathways of the sea, and so I go, I go, I'll go research this. I want to find out. So I went, look. And I looked it up and I found this guy named Murray that was the father of navigation. You know what he said? He found out, in, I forget, like in 1700s, that there are highways in the ocean. And if you travel on those highways that were in a boat, you get there faster and fish will swim. The high How did David know? He, wasn't a, he didn't have to build boats. He didn't know anything about boats. We, we, can, we can tell he was a warrior, right? And a king. How did he? Those are just two examples. I'm going, wait a minute. So for me, it started to clarify for me, wait a minute, I better, if I'm going to listen to this, i got to listen to some of the rest of it. i got, I got to figure out what is, what's going on here. And that's why, for me, it became the beginning of it was the scripture. And then there was another one. 
And this one I want you to turn to. Okay? Because you may not be able to understand scripture. You may not be able to, to figure all that stuff out. Oh, that's fine. Okay? Well, here's one that can help you believe. And you don't have to know anything about the book. Okay? You don't have to know anything. I just want to read it to you. It's in Romans chapter 1. And it's in verse 19. God is, Paul is talking about people who are abandoning God, walking away from God, and, and living in a life lives of sin and decadence. And God says, at the end of this chapter, he says, fine, he said, I'll just turn them over to a reprobate God. Just turn them over. That's why we know, somebody asked me, why is there so much bad stuff happening? Because evil's out there. Evil exists. People do evil stuff. It's just the way it is. Guys, face it. We live in an evil world. All right? We live in a sinful, sinful, evil world. We just experienced that just the other day. Okay? What kind of coward, what kind of coward turns a gun on a child? That's cowardly. But that's evil. And we just live there. And that's what he's, he's writing to people that that's where they are. And listen to what he says in verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, the qualities of God, the qualities that make God who he is, the qualities that say he is real, those qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Okay? So what does that tell me? How? What does that tell me about my belief system? Huh? What, how, how can that help me to say I believe that Jesus is real? If I couple what I know from here with what I see around me, do you, do you pay attention to what's around you? Do, you? do you pay attention and look at the things that are happening around you that you can't explain? I'm not talking about the evil stuff. I'm talking about the miraculous stuff that happens. The way a butterfly works a, a flower. The way a hummingbird comes back to a feeder year after year after year and trains its young on the same feeder as they migrate down south. Do you think that's just chance? That's what, that's what scientists want you to believe. And so shook it all up and threw it out there, and here we are. Are you kidding me? It just happened. Poof! And it happened. That's that's that takes more courage to believe that than it does to believe this. This is easy to believe. Go watch a flower. Go watch a butterfly. Go watch. Just look at how how you put a tomato seed in the ground, and what does it do? It makes corn. No, it doesn't make corn. It makes tomatoes. Right? Do you think that just happens? you think by, by you know, trial and error, the science and, and the universe just trial and error made it from AC? Or maybe it's possible that there's a higher intelligence that put this into place, set it all in motion, and it's, and it's got an active hand in it day by day. Is that easier to believe? Which one's easier for you to believe? Huh? That's what I'm saying. You know, watch things in nature. You know, you ever up early enough to watch the sunrise? Yeah. You ever? I want you. To, I want you sometime to go get up early, early, early in the morning, still dark, and go in the woods. Go in the woods and sit down by a tree in the woods. Just go sit by a tree in the woods for about an hour and wait until the sun comes up. Okay? You can go in the summertime when it's nice and warm and all that, and see what happens when the sun comes up. It's like somebody turned a light switch on. Everything 
starts shirt them and beat them and, and, and talking and chattering squirrels at one time. It's like, what the heck? That can't just happen by itself. Something has to be in charge. And that's what he said here. He said, men are without excuse. He said, he said, these qualities have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that the people are without excuse. You know, Paul went to the church to Athens and he said, I see you have, he said, you have altars to all kinds. He said, you even have an altar to an unknown God. And he said, let me tell you something. God used to overlook the ignorance. Not anymore. Because of Jesus, he doesn't want to overlook the ignorance. You can't stand for God and say, I didn't know. I didn't know. You can't do that. Because he said, unless you believe, you will perish. Okay? Unless we believe and repent, we can't have no salvation. We cannot take part in that in that mission of Christ if we don't do those things in our life, if we don't walk with him. So it's imperative that we believe it, isn't it? It's imperative that I believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is alive. And if he's alive, then what am I going to do? Now, here's the next question. What do you think? Why do you think it's so hard for some people to believe that Jesus in Jesus in his resurrection? Why so hard? Why do you think it's so hard for some people to believe in a risen Jesus and a resurrection of the Why do you think that's so hard? Go ahead, Cam. Well, I wanted to talk about this word of Thomas versus the Okay. What's interesting about it when you read it, it's actually a revelation. Because it says that Jesus shows the first disciples where Jesus died. Because they didn't believe either. They didn't believe either. Basically, Thomas is the largest of that. Absolutely. Because Thomas made it perfectly clear to them, I'm not going to be unless. We don't know if they said that, but but Jesus, think about it. Jesus. When Mary went to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Didn't say, and they all believe. No, it doesn't say that. No. I think they probably this crazy woman. Right, exactly. A crazy woman. She's a lunatic. Right. You know? But what, wouldn't that, guys, wouldn't that be what you think? Right. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Absolutely, I believe that. The point, go ahead. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that afterwards, you see the result of the belief. Yeah. What they do afterwards absolutely. is one of the solutions. Yeah. Jesus is saying on the shoulders of Jesus' disciples, and died for their sins. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You don't die for things that they have done. I mean, many of these men did die yeah. for their sins. You don't die for things that aren't real. You know, I, that's a good thank you. That's a good point. I want to read the text here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is about the, is the chapter of faithfulness. It talks about men who, who uh, like Kale's talking about, talking about men that did great things, Moses and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Samson and all these people is what it says. And then in chapter 12, in the very first verse says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, okay, since we are surrounded by all the stuff that we learned from here that, that went on that people did, on unbelievable things they did, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Get rid of it. That's the response, okay? That's the response. That's what it means to believe. That the response is, what am I going to do when I say I believe? What am I going to do with it? I'm going to throw off, I'm going to, I'm going to separate myself from the world, and I'm going to throw off the sin that's so easily entangled, and I'm going to move towards him. 
That's what I'm going to do. It's all you. And I'm going to do everything I can do to make sure that I'm doing that. Right? And that's what we do. That's what, the, that's what God's system of belief says. It doesn't say, oh, it's just okay to come to church. It's not good enough. It's not good enough, guys, just to come to church. It has to become my life, what he said. He said, unless you're willing to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, you got no part of me. He has to become my life. That's what it means to believe. That's what he tried to get the Israelites to, to do, and they just wouldn't do it. So here he tells he said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. I don't need to see him. I believe in him. Because he wrote it down, because those guys, you know, Paul was willing, when he wrote the book of Romans, you know, and when he wrote the book of Philippians, he's in jail in Rome. He knows what's coming. They've already told him. God's already told him what's going to happen. He's going to get his head cut off. That's what they're going to do to him. They're going to cut his head off. And he believes it anyway. He follows anyway. And he and he screams at the top of his voice, listen to me. My last question is, do you truly believe in him? What keeps us from sharing the exciting news of Christ and his resurrection with those who don't believe? Why don't we share it? Why don't we share it with a lost and dying world? If it's if it's so important to you, that, that you're gonna that you're gonna walk away from, from the life before and throw off the sin. Should we not be telling the world? Should we not? Should it be a message that we're that we're sounding kind of like a like a clanging gong? Should it be? That's exactly what we're doing this morning. Do not know that. That there are people watching this morning that may that may not have a relationship with Christ. And you know what they're doing? They're getting they're getting a heavy dose of what it means to believe in Christ. That's what they're getting this morning. I knew when I when I saw this text what I was going to do with it. And I knew this really wasn't for you guys, it was for them. Because I don't know who they are. But what if there's someone out there that's struggling with their life, don't know where to go, have no way where to turn, and Jesus is the only option they have. And they're living, who knows where they may be living in Spain somewhere. And all they need to do is open the book and look around them. And they can come to a belief system that God will find will find acceptable. Don't you believe that? Yeah. But what if, go ahead, Tim. They're struggling with time. They don't believe in working short for this relationship. I understand that. I do. It's not that far to you. Yeah, and maybe you you probably you may be right. Yeah. And if you don't take the part. I mean there there are people there are people in Ukraine that are dying right now. Their brothers and sisters in Christ are dying for what they believe. Okay? I, I, I agree with that. That's been happening ever since it began. It's been happening. You know? Yeah. When I was uh, thinking about God, there's a lot of things that came in head. One of the things that jumped out to me is kind of like the story of Thomas. He talks about how Peter said, I will die for you. I will never abandon you. And all the disciples agreed with him. Segue into the next class. So I'm going to start teaching first and second Peter in this class. And I'm going to do it because I want you to see where Peter gets to. Okay, because the last chapter talks about Jesus reinstating Peter. And we're going to look at the first couple of classes. We're going to look at where did Jesus, where did Peter come from? What did he do? And there's even a place in, in Galatians chapter 2 where Paul says, I had to point it to his face. What he was doing wrong. Okay? So you're going to find out that this great pillar of God. 
this great pillar of, of strength, had the issues as well, but yet can write some of the most marvelous two letters. First and second Peter are just unbelievable of the things that are in there. So that's what we're going to study them. And, we'll, and thank you. I'll <laughs> say that at some point, but of course, we may not get through this for a month. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, I just, I wanted you to see there, there is a, a reason why we should be claiming from the rooftop, or at least, you know, at least when you put your money in the plate, or when you volunteer for vacation Bible school, what are we doing? We're doing the exact opposite of what happened in Valley. We're trying to give these kids life. That guy took life away. We're trying to give them life. Maybe we won't be able to in every situation, but in some situation, we may find that we have a, a segue into a parent's life through a child. Okay? So if you're not part of the vacation Bible school, come anyway. Come anyway. Cole's going to teach a class in here. You can come to class Monday and Tuesday night. Come anyway and be a part of it. I, I challenge you, bring your kids, put them in. And, and maybe they'll learn some things more than you know. Maybe they can teach you. A thing, a thing or two. But, you know, my responsibility if I believe in him is to believe like they did. How did they believe? They went into the world and preached the gospel. Okay? They went into the world and taught people what it means to, to walk away from sin. And basically, you know, we had Elder Me this morning, we talked about uh, you can't say it and not live it. Okay? You can say all day long how great it is to come to church. If you don't come to church, yeah, you nobody believe nothing you say. Right? So, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a Christian, then live as a Christian. Be what it tells me to be. Do what it tells me to do. That's what belief is, is about. And Jesus said, Blessed are those who believe without sin. I don't need to see him, guys. I can see him in every flower I look at. Every time I look at a at a at a at a, at a animals do what it does in, in the instinct you know just watching the sun come up i know that he's real i know that he's there i know that he loves me because this confirms it see i take this and confirm it with that and then take that and confirm it with this so you see how they work together for me that i'm not about me i'm talking about you i'm talking about this is what what helped for me okay now let's i got i got one little bit of text here right this is it and then we'll be finished chapter one after three weeks. <laughs> Jesus before many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not recorded this book. Okay? So we know that John tells us there's a whole lot more Jesus did that are not recorded, that he didn't record them. Okay? And he says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I don't think there's probably anybody in this room that doesn't want to have life in his name. I want to know that I want to have the confidence that when I'm gone, that I'm gonna I'm gonna be with him. Alright? I want to I want to know that my belief is gonna is gonna get me to that place. That I'm going to be able to spend eternity in a place of, of reward. Okay? And I believe in that that place of reward because I believe him. Because he talked about it. What did he tell the people on the cross? I tell you this day you'll do what? Be with me in paradise. Did he not say that? Right? You know, he, he came out of the tomb to give me that hope. You know, it says in first Peter, I think it's first Peter? First Peter, I think, chapter one. It says that we have a living hope. How? Through the resurrection.
resurrection from. I have a living hope. My hope's alive. My hope's alive. I believe in him. And I want and I want you, I want us to be a, a church that, that has no problem telling the world that they're lost. Okay? You know, we do that every Wednesday when we record and we and, and it comes out on Wednesday night. We're trying, we're trying to navigate people through the Old Testament. Go listen to it or send somebody to listen to it. I promise you, we're going to teach them, we're teaching them the truth there. Okay? And, you know, Cole's going to do it from the pulpit. He's going to teach the truth from, his, from when he does his thing. You know, we're going to teach them the truth. But that's not enough. we got to go out in the world and teach them. Don't. We have to teach them every single day. So that means the first thing you have to do is have to do is live. I have to live it. And most of my teaching will be because I live it every single day. Okay? Thanks, guys. We're going to take up the chapter one. Hopefully, we'll only be in it for a couple of weeks. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait to see you next week.